0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So how's it going? I want to hear from you this morning. Yeah, Gary.
1: Last night... um, while I was relaxing and reading, uh, my wife said that the uh, washing machine in the spin cycle stopped. And we've had the washer for two years, and uh, all the aversion that came up, and the um, it was really interesting to examine it. You know, just I think it's a pattern of something that I didn't ask for that. It's out of my control. That was a surprise. Something that I don't want to deal with. <laughs> and all the big tape loop, you know, the, the aversion. The, you know, and then if it's something big, we'll just get a new one. And, just the, and, and the repairman going to be a ripoff guy. And just all this stuff. I mean, and it just, to be in that. And it was all up here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I noticed that when I brought it here,
0: when you brought your attention here,
1: when I brought it into the heart, that's what really gave me the peace.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it was all just this masquerade of things. I mean, it's like big deal, <laughs> you know. I have the money to whatever, and you know, it just—it's just amazing. If you're paying attention, how you can really begin to grow and pull those darts out that hit us. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That willingness to be present, you know, for the longest time in my adult life, you know, I just didn't want to feel. I just had this aversion, the sidelong glance to things instead of just stepping into it, stepping into the fire. And... um and now I'm all right with it, even though I haven't called anybody to look look at it. But just that willingness to really examine it. And, and there's multiple conflicting states of mind that were associated with it. There was some anger. There was aversion. There was control. It was like a bombardment of things.
0: Uh-huh, yep, yep. That's a beautiful description of what happens to us. It, it happens to us a lot. And when we are present, as you say, we have the opportunity to um, to step into the fire, as you say. You know, it's like it's so interesting to me that, um, you know, we do kind of have a a very natural tendency in a way to want to avoid that feeling. It's unpleasant. You know, the feelings of the anger, of the out of control, are unpleasant. And somehow we've... Gotten the idea that spinning in our minds is better than being with the feelings, and uh, so you know we don't believe somehow that it's worthwhile. You know that this like no, that's just going to make it worse. I I, I got to figure it out. I got I got to figure it out. And um, when we finally make the leap of faith to say, what if I just come in and. Just feel this. We actually see that the spinning is the largest part of the suffering. And it's quite a revelation. So uh, I'm happy that you've been able to see that this week.
1: And there probably are beings that would go out to their car, it wouldn't start, would probably in no way plug into these things, just deal with it directly and, I mean, just cut through all that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of suffering we make around, you know, the projection forward. It's like, what does this mean for me? You know, I'm not going to get to work. I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. It's like, when we can let go of all of that, then we deal with the situation as it is. And it's like, okay, car's not starting. What's the first thing I need to do? <laughs> Looking at the situation, you know, maybe it's um, call a taxi to get to work and figure out the other part later or call the repairman or call the tow truck or, you know, just what do we need to do? You know, just step at a time instead of... It's like what happens to us is that we we imagine or we realize, oh, there's all these things that have to happen around this. So the calling of the tow truck and not having the car for three weeks and... Um, you know, just imagined. You know, not having the car for three weeks, and and having to have a rental car and the loss of money, and and we imagine all of that, and we take on all the imagined suffering that we think we're going to undergo in the next two or three weeks, and bring it right into this moment, and that's the way we've been living our lives. <laughs> we're just trying
3: to get ahead <laughs> of.
1: It's
0: very painful.
1: And I noticed when I really examined this today, it was it was really a great sitting. And I really saw the humor mm-hmm. in all of it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had to restrain myself because I almost burst out laughing a couple <laughs> times during the meditation.
0: Sometimes Gil says, I, I think he's quoting somebody, but... Uh, uh, it's good to be able to laugh at yourself because then you'll be endlessly amused. <laughs> so another piece I want to I point to, um, you know, this happens on residential retreat. Um, I think it's, it seems to happen a little bit on this retreat as well, that as the mindfulness gets a little more continuous, as we're really settling into experience, um sometimes the phenomenon of what we call yogi mind happens which is this um blowing out of proportion of small things like on a retreat um you know you might you might walk into the coat room and notice that your shoes are moved and this is a big deal <laughs> this is like you know, a couple days of spinning mind around the shoes. (laughs) This happened to me. (laughs) Um, And so, so what can happen is that we can, in the space of openness and connecting with our experience, Small things, we really see the suffering of them and they become huge. It's like the, the way we're perceiving the suffering is magnified because of the, uh, the openness. And so um, you might have noticed a little bit of that too. You know, actually seeing it happen, it might have felt, oh, this is just so overwhelming in a way, until you recognized it. But also, um, knowing about this phenomenon of yogi mind, that it happens to us as we settle, is helpful. Because, um, you know, then, then you can recognize, oh yeah, this is, this is just, you know, actually we can reflect on the situation and say, oh, you know, this is a small thing that I'm blowing out of proportion.
1: Yeah, it was almost like uh, I'm doing the householder retreat. How dare that washing machine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was that one of the laughing ones this morning? You noticed? <laughs> Thank you, Gary.
4: Okay, so uh, my, uh, my event was to be mindful of pressing the uh, starter button on my Prius. The car and uh, I had not been successful in doing that as I reported uh, I would notice maybe about less than a minute into the drive that I'd forgotten to do that uh, and then I would compensate by being really aware of the steering wheel as I was driving and a few other things so I uh, I resorted to putting a, a post-it note by the button and I uh, you asked me to be aware of what was preventing, basically, uh, the awareness of, of pressing the button. And so this morning I, uh, I had a, a flash about that, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was that uh, I got in the car, I saw the Post-it note, and I pressed the button, <laughs> and, and um, I, I just uh, automatically just sort of opened to everything. My awareness really widescreen. And what I got was a feeling of comfort of being in the car. Uh, It's like I'm stepping into this uh, relatively compact car and I'm wrapping it, I'm strapping myself into it and I'm wrapping it around me and there's a feeling of of ease and protection and very, very pleasant feeling Mm. which kind of uh, took over anything else, oh. actually, any other awareness. And, uh, and it, there was such an aha uh-huh. moment that uh, it sort of built on itself, this, this feeling of uh, pleasant, really pleasant. Uh-huh. And as I was driving down Burlingame Avenue uh, towards 101, which is a really a nice street, it's residential, it's got these old trees on it, and I was just enjoying it to the max. It's uh-huh. like, oh, my God. You know, I, <laughs> I'm, really <laughs> I'm really with this street. Yeah. And uh, and that continued for quite a while, uh-huh. actually. So um, there was, and then as I approached uh, IMC, there was a little lot of tension that, uh, that built in the stomach. And uh, the thought was uh, I should reach for, a power bar that I, I keep in the glove compartment. Uh, and then I, uh, I flashed on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, that's, that's not the answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just going to be suffering, actually. Um, and uh, so your mind is, is presenting you with this option to keep you from uh, mindfulness of what's actually going on in your body and it was relatively—it was easy to reject that and just to open to the to the feelings, which were mostly in my stomach, uh-huh. and and uh, just sort of let that go. And uh, and uh, there was a there was a sense that oh my God, this this is what this is what happens all the time. Your mind is presenting you with various options, uh, taking you. To, Keep you from having this unpleasant feeling, and uh, if you give into it, that, that will just keep going. Yes. So, um, so it was a good, uh, it was a good scenario. Um, very, uh, very, I feel good about it. Now, the funny thing is that last night when I got home, <laughs> my printer failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was printing, <laughs> I was printing an envelope and it jammed. And uh, I, had, I had the, oh, my God, you know, I'm not going to be with a printer. It's a really crummy printer. <laughs> Why That's does? Gary, so. Yeah, yeah, you know, there was a harmonic convergence. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I went through the same, you know, initial stuff. She's, oh, you know, going to be without a printer for a while. I really calmed down, and I pulled out the uh, uh, instructions from HB. I'd I'd been through this before. And uh, put it on the table, opened it, looked at it, went through it methodically, step by step. The first few steps didn't work, but I was cool, cool about it. Okay, you know, tomorrow afternoon you'll go buy another printer. Uh, And uh, I calmed down enough to look at what the little screen was telling me, namely that the cartridges were jammed, and couldn't uh-huh. move. And, aha, uh, uh-huh, I reached in and pulled the envelope out of the cartridge container and voila, everything. Was
0: <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> <laughs> the mind. Uh, yeah. God,
4: Really, uh, there was just a sense of appreciation for uh, the sequence. Of what went on, it's mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. You know, and, uh, there's all this turbulence, and bring presence to it, calms down. You become methodical, find the solution, work great.
0: Yep, exactly. Finish,
4: go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Now I don't know what I would have done without the the week long, you know, getting into the space. Probably have a new printer may happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so one thing I want to just highlight for everyone around what Bud talked about around the car, um, I think I mentioned it earlier this week, but I just want to highlight it because it is so helpful that you know, what was happening in Bud's case was that he was noticing repetitively that he was missing something. He was missing the being able to push the button, um, and you know this wasn't this this was happening over and over. It wasn't an occasional thing. It was it was repetitive. When you notice a repetitive thing like that, where you're just not able to be present, it can be very interesting to explore what it is that's that's catching you. You know, kind of highlight. You know, in this case, it was it was a you know contained event in a particular time and place, like me walking into spaces with mirrors on retreat. I told that story, I think, on Sunday. Um, You know, that I got really interested in how come I lose mindfulness in that space? What happens? And if you can bring that kind of interest, you may have some... um, some understandings that some new things as you as you did. So so that recognition of where you can't be mindful isn't something to say, Oh, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. Bring the interest to it. You know, there's something happening that the mind is really interested in that you're not noticing or that the awareness is not touching into. So thank you for that. Bud. <laughs> And uh, uh I think Linda was next, and then Sue oh okay sue has a Susan has a clarification. I understand somewhat. He said when he was going to reach for his power bar, that would be suffering. Now, I understand that it would be just like drawing yourself out of your present experience, but maybe it's just reaching for a power bar <laughs> it, it is it is looking at the intention and in bud's case he noticed that it was wanting to avoid the feelings mm-hmm. and so that's what we look look at you know yeah it can sometimes just be reaching for a power bar and it might be you know i have sometimes get low blood sugar and, you know, it's really helpful for me to have some almonds nearby, you know, if my blood sugar starts to, to plummet, you know, to reach for those um, out of compassion for my body and mind, not out of aversion, because I know that when my blood sugar gets really low, it gets hard for me to make decisions and think and things like that. Although, you know, I have to say mindfulness has greatly improved the situation, <laughs> even if I don't get food. Um, but, yes, it can just be reaching for a power bar. So it, this is partly why the exploration is um, is around looking at the motivation. That's where the suffering comes in, not from the action per se, but from the reason why we're we're wanting to make the action. Yeah, I I understand. I guess it, I guess it's the semantics because I I think that. It would be suffering. Just sounds so. (laughs) I think it's distract. I mean, to me, maybe I'd say it it was. It would distract me from being in the present. Uh huh. Uh -huh. But
5: but yeah, it it sounds
0: so strong. It can. Well, the word maybe sometimes sounds strong, but um, at certain times, I mean, at certain times with certain level of mindfulness, we do realize. The suffering nature. Yeah. So, Linda?
2: Um, I thought I had something important to say, and then I'm not sure that I do. Um, That's a judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Recognize um, that. I feel that everything uh-huh. else that people have said has been so profound. <laughs> Um, When I talked about the shadow boxes yesterday, I realized that it's a pattern, um, that um, I've got a lot of everything. Um, You know, I've got boxes that need to be recycled just because um, I thought... Oh, I'll be moving. You know, so I've got the stash of boxes. And, and I've got way too much of, of just about everything. And it's kind of trying to provide um, a solution to future problems. Mm-hmm. You know, to be prepared, to be resourceful, to be self-sufficient. And... Um, So, and then the worry about um, what to do with the things, even the boxes, is interesting. And so, some, some weeks ago, I decided to do at least one thing a day that I could do rather than worry. And that, um, started a chain of events that was like, oh, you know, previously I'd I'd said, oh, I can't possibly do the householder retreat because um, somebody might call me and want a job interview sometime during that time, Um, you know, which is after office hours anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I might need to be getting ready for something really important for my future life. So, I can't possibly come to this. And so, anyway, I decided to do one thing, at least one thing a day that I could do rather than just worry. And that has opened up a whole new realm of possibilities. Um, And so, when I realized that it was my habit to collect everything that I might possibly anticipate needing at any time in my future um, then I was able to stop obsessing about the shadow boxes Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I start thinking of yet another collection of stuff that I could put in shadow boxes I remind myself that the salesperson just yesterday said, yes, we are always going to have these. <laughs> <laughs> and also when I, I decided I needed some um, dark chocolate yesterday because I felt my, my blood sugar level slipping and dark chocolate is my And so I went to Trader Joe's, and I found this plethora of dark chocolate. Dark chocolate and ginger and almonds and cherries. I was like, oh, um, pomegranate seeds and dark chocolate. I thought to myself, I need to get one of every kind. So I'll have cornered the market on dark chocolate, which is my... My strategy, uh-huh. just in case. Uh-huh. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "No, <laughs> yes." <laughs> so you guess, saw it. You saw it in the moment. <laughs> but I still got two guys. <laughs> this is improvement. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was improvement. <laughs> and then, so yeah. So this, and it, it's it's kind of humorous.
0: Um, but it's a, it's a pattern that sounds like it's, it's a pattern that's really interesting to pay attention to because yeah. it sounds like it has to do with the sense of security, yes. of, you know, of, you know, worry and fear, essentially, yeah. that I've got to arrange my life now to take care of all possible scenarios for the future. Yes. Impossible task bound to cause suffering. Yes. Um, so seeing that that is the view that you've been living by. You know, that's like one of those views that has been driving your intentions and choices that hasn't really been seen. Now that you can see it, you have a chance to begin to um, loosen its grip on your mind.
2: And so that's very helpful. And this morning I I was sitting kind of just quietly... And all of a sudden, uh, from across the street, yelling started to happen. And I thought, oh, anger. You know, and, and it was a, a woman yelling at uh, either her husband or boyfriend or whatever. And, and she was just enraged. And she was calling him names. And, and I was like, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But I had, to, I had to get up and look because... <laughs> Anyway, the voyeurism, but it was like, oh my goodness, um, it's a beautiful day, and it's early in the morning, and boy, she's having an awful time, and, and she's choosing to. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting. Was me. there
0: a sense um, of, what was your feeling about her?
2: I I hurt. A little bit for her. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of mm-hmm. was sympathetic um, because I've been there. I've been yeah. so controlled yeah. by what I imagined, what, you know, the, the fears, the, the emotion, the, the hurt, whatever she was going through. And she, she was dragging a tent and she threw the tent on his doorstep. And as she walked away, she said, It's my tent.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) And it reminded me of when I was having an argument with my former husband. And we were out on a beautiful um, ditch bank in Oregon. It was just a beautiful day. And I was just so furious. And um, he um, turned and he went back home. Well, my dog had been frolicking along with us. Went back home with him. And so that made me mad too. And I was like, I stomped all the way back home and I burst into the house saying, Well, how is it we get in an argument? My dog goes home with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, It's my dog. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and and Dog made a choice. (laughs) Anyway, through the tent
0: on his doorstep he says, she says it's my tent so so I was wanting to point to the um, the feeling that you had around it that it, it sounds like there was a little bit of empathetic resonance yeah. um, that happens for us uh, as again as our heart gets more open we um, We see that the suffering that we experience, it's like the same kind of suffering that everyone else experiences. That, um... We're not alone, and we all get ourselves into suffering in the same ways, even though they have different manifestations. Um, And this, when the heart is open, and it meets the suffering, sees the suffering of others, the natural response is compassion. Um, the, 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 the beautiful intention towards wishing that they could be free from that suffering. Um, so to, you know, kind of allow yourself to connect with that quality, too, of that empathetic kind of resonance, a little...
5: That's a beautiful quality of mind. Um, Let's see. Uh, I I spoke to you um, yesterday about the extreme pleasantness of eating the food bar at the bus stop, and feeling um, you know quite a bit of pleasure in this mindfulness of eating while the traffic's going by. And I also spoke to you before um, in the group about uh, the teeth brushing. And then you made a comment this morning that was very profoundly helpful about where do you lose mindfulness, investigate this. And shouldn't be a surprise because it's a pattern. And it's a very deep, profound pattern. But I noticed that when I was putting the food to my mouth, I would lose it. When I was putting the toothbrush toward me, I would lose it. So since I, I probably did suffer profound neglect. My conclusion is that I do not want or I'm not able to see myself taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself as someone who does that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because that was what I internalized growing up. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't able, you know, I disassociated from that. So now I've got to keep working with that with my with my uh, my technique and I'll be so you said something minute. important here,
0: and I want to kind of highlight a little piece of this too um, so you you noticed this pattern around bringing things towards your mouth and that you're losing the mindfulness in that area, and um, came to a a, a a recognition or a little bit of an understanding around perhaps why that might be the case um, this kind of thing happens to us a lot where we 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 see something, we recognize a pattern, and then understanding our history we um, we make a connection with our history and come up with a um, a reason or a, a meaning behind the experience. In my experience, in watching this happen, in my own experience, it's really helpful to hold that meaning really lightly to um, it, it may be it may well be the case that that is the source of it or the kind of and it may also be that there's other pieces and that having that idea that oh this means or this comes from this might obscure the ability to because then this becomes a view it becomes a view that we are looking at that experience through that that uh, lens of when I put food in my mouth, I am carried back to the time when I couldn't take care of myself or was not uh, told I shouldn't take care of myself. or um, And that, that view can filter the information that comes in. So... That, that, that meaning that's there can be supportive in a way. It can help us to, recogni- to the recognition of this. There have been causes and conditions that have come together to make this difficult. But to uh, hold that lightly in the exploration of the present moment experience of, of bringing things to your mouth, of what, whatever it is um, that you feel like you've connected that understanding with, um.
5: Yeah, I, I I understand what you're saying, and and that's very important to um, you know not have these these solid yes constructions yes. However, you know, like I said, it, this for me this is going to help with the dissolution yes because mm-hmm. I have a technique to, to to use it and I intend to try to get rid of it and. <laughs> once I, once I, won't, because one, that's my, I, that's very exciting for me. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm not, no, I. I'm not. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. To, to yeah. hold it down and, and, and have a, you know, like have, wear it as a sign and, you know, and say, no, this is why I can't take care of myself. I have a good reason. No, 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 no. Uh huh. No, 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 I'm 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 working to take responsibility for it, and I'm gonna work with it. And thanks for the warning. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So I've been um, noticing that I can either uh, run out after experience or receive it. So with the project of touch um, or contact, you know, there's <laughs> I can do a survey. Okay, there's my seat on the cushion. Yeah, my knees. Okay, the waistband of my pants. You know, kind of surveying. Uh-huh. And um, I'm... Realizing that it may be more helpful to me right now to just receive instead because I'm seeing the going-out-after experience as another form of Mm -hmm. over-efforting. And also it seems to be related to the um, sort of delusion of a special state. Like if I chase every form of touch... I will become enlightened. (laughs) So, um, but I had a question for you because on Sunday you said, with paying attention to the um, moment of awareness, to just let that come. um, And I'm wondering about whether I'm chasing out after it because. I started doing an experiment in the last number of months of extending the moment of awareness and seeing, as I extended it, watching the mind cloud over, or watching something cloud over. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's the mind, Mm -hmm. because something's seeing the clouding over. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that a bad thing to do? Is that another chasing after experience?
0: Um, Again, it, it depends on the intention behind it. Um, not necessarily a bad thing to do. Um, I think uh, I talked... Were you here when I talked about the uh, the scooter analogy? Doesn't sound like it. Um, so, you know, the, we can't really chase after those spontaneous moments of awakening. You know, they happen. Um, we can uh, recognize them, and in that learning to recognize them, they become more... Um, obvious to us in a way you know that, that we be, they become more obvious to us so that moment of that spontaneous recognition is a, a what's sometimes called unprompted mindfulness and the extending of that moment um, it takes some skill to learn about the extending of that moment how to not make it over effortful um, and one of the one of the ways to play around it is to kind of just hang out there and say, okay, how long how long can I hang out with this? You know, how how little effort can I use to hang out with this? You know, that for someone who over efforts, that was a kind of question that I I used for myself. How little effort do I actually need to be here? And you know, just kind of, yeah, okay, yeah. And you might start to notice at some point the mind get caught by something that there's a little bit of interest in and you feel the kind of mindfulness um, getting lost because the interest is overtaking it and it's like, oh, I want to think about that thing.
5: Yeah, the the
3: clouding over sort of seems to precede going off into thought. Uh So Uh there is some... You know, I can push it away a little. It's like watching clouds coming over the sun and off the. So okay, just, so here, oh, here, that's here's, the efforting part.
0: Here's what you can do with that feeling of the clouds coming over. Instead of pushing it away, that is aversion. Let the mind recognize it's getting cloudy. You know, to kind of take in that kind of dulling feeling almost. You know, I found this this exploration around. Um, noticing when you are present, I have to back up a minute, (laughs) when you are are present, when your awareness is here, you have the opportunity to watch how it gets lost, how it gets caught. Um, So this is what you're starting to notice. In that noticing we can um, notice that the mind is starting to go out and noticing that the first inclination may be oh come back come back to something where I can really okay contact touching directing the attention using that power that we have to direct attention to come back to something um, and that's not unskillful necessarily, but at over time we start to see that there may be some aversion in that oh mind going out bad, not not supposed to go there um, and what I've discovered actually at times, particularly if I am you know kind of focusing to try to be present. Sometimes that movement of the mind out is a manifestation of letting go. Of letting go of effort, in fact. That um, if you can just recognize, oh, the mind is letting go, and hang out with what it feels like for the mind to let go. You know, it can go into that dull, cloudy, hazy space for a little while. I've, I've sat and watched this happen, it's like, oh yeah, the mind just kind of like, oh, it just wants to go into this almost zoned out space for a while, and you can hang out with mindfulness with zoned out, you know, things don't have to be clear, zoned out is a perfectly fine object of awareness, <laughs> and you can just hang out like, oh yeah, mindfully knowing, yeah, oh, and then, you know, the clouds lift, and then there's something else that comes in. So there's no need to direct the attention to anything other than what is already happening if you notice that movement happening. So some of you, this may be, um, if this doesn't make sense to you, don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, but, But exploring that moment of the mind beginning to let go or to let go of what it is paying attention to this comes back to that attention discussion i had yesterday morning it's like noticing that the attention is kind of naturally moving to something else so if you're mindful that's not a problem you just see what the mind wants to do in this moment maybe it wants to rest let it rest then you know if you stay mindful through that at some point phew, the 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 resting will come to completion and
3: the mind will still be present. Does that make sense? It makes sense because it it feels like there's a field of awareness. The the, the field is so big that there's a lot of things that right now I would swear I'm not aware of, but I later could go, could say about what temperature it is and about what time Mm -hmm. it is and Mm -hmm. a lot of other things. So there's a field of awareness and then there's a tension that points somewhere in that field. Yeah. And so you're suggesting let that go and notice naturally what happens with the attention, even if it's on the fog or... Yes. And then it'll it'll do different things, but just stay with whatever in a light way.
0: Yes, exactly. And just to kind of put this in context, context, this practice that I'm describing here uh, for Liz um, is helpful when you have the time to just allow the attention to um, explore, you know, to allow your attention to do what it would naturally do. We don't always have that luxury. So there are times when we need to consciously direct our attention. We're driving, for instance. You know, it's probably a good idea to direct the attention towards the seeing and the paying attention to the road, as opposed to allowing the mind to drift off into the fog. Um, so you know, there's context here around this exploration. Um, you know, there, and, and and skillful means about when is it appropriate to explore in that way. <laughs> So um, we need to stop, so thank you all, see some of you this evening.